Hello again. Welcome to the Axiom Podcast. I'm your host again, Devin Dash, and I'm here with Joey Brannon. Say hi, Joey. Hi, Joey. (laughs) Today, we are continuing our series on handing off the business to the next generation. And our topic that we really want to focus on is the culture handoff. So, Joey, let's let's just jump right in. I, I think the most important thing and the most important starting point is that everything that we're going to talk about in this episode as it relates to culture handoff is maybe maybe the second most important component that we would say of a culture in a business, which is vision, right? The first being values, which are just three or four words that define how people behave and how people do their work. Um, the second is vision. So everything that we're going to be talking about today is kind of predicated on this fact that vision is vital for a culture. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, you know, we talk about culture at Axiom, we have a very kind of distinct idea of how we would define culture. And and it's basically based on, well, what can you do to drive a healthy culture? And Mm -hmm. so values, vision, purpose, mission, those are kind of the four key elements of a good culture that we would work on with our clients. And values, like handing off values, well, I mean, the values are the values. They are probably the most permanent aspect of the business, definitely from the way we do strategic planning and, and kind of business building. Values are the foundation we start with first, and then we move to vision. And vision can change because you can accomplish vision, right? Right. So so that says, well, okay, handing off values, that, that should be pretty easy because those are the right. bedrock of the organization. Hopefully everybody's kind of treating people by the norms you know, that are consistent with the values. Yeah. And, but when it comes to vision, it's not always as, as easy. It's not always as black and white because vision is somewhat fungible. It is going to be something that we can accomplish or, or nearly accomplish or you know, be in different stages of accomplishment. And to maintain continuity in the transition from one generation to the other in terms of leadership or handing off a culture Vision's the thing, like you said, our whole conversation is predicated on people understanding how important vision is to your culture and and how much of a defining aspect of your culture that it is. Right. And if, you know, there are scenarios where you might be handing off a culture that doesn't have a clear vision, but again, we're, we're going to just jump right into that. We will get to that. Yeah, that is a scenario that we have to talk right. about. And we're going to talk about it, but not doing that, right? Handing off a culture and then just forgetting that vision is so important leads to some pretty disastrous outcomes, right? And I think the first one being that it, it it immediately communicates uncertainty for everybody in the business, right? All of the team members, a huge question mark of, is there a future for me here, right? And so, you know, unmet, un, you know, unaddressed as a problem, you get people who just start showing up to work for a paycheck. Yeah. And maybe previously they were showing up to work for a boss that they liked and respected and admired and had a great deal of charisma. And, you know, for, if there's a transition going on in terms of the leadership of the business, that person may no longer be there. So yeah, exactly to your point. Well, then what am I showing up for? Yeah. If that person that, you know, that, has kept me here all these years is now gone. Well, this the paycheck is probably the thing that's keeping me here. Or, you know, maybe the friends that I work with, you know, and that's the other thing. Like when we talk about culture, 
you know, we can't just talk about, well, how do you hand off this good feeling that we have? You exactly. know, like that's, you know, you can't, you can't hand <laughs> right. off a feeling what you can hand Charisma off. shared experiences, but you, yeah. you still, you, you re- have to recreate that over and over again. Yeah. You, you, you can hand off is the responsibility for carrying the vision. Mm-hmm. So that's what we would, we would like people to buy into and not, you know, not have, some of the disastrous fallout that you see when there's really no handoff and you can see this huge turnover, Mm. you know, it's the other thing too, when mom or dad retires or, you know, transitions into a role where they're not there every day, a lot of times we're missing the point that there've been people who've been working alongside them for 14, 15, 16, 17 years. And those people can't afford to retire, but they're close, Right. Some of them actually can't afford to retire. Some of them have been staying on board because mom or dad's like, "Don't leave me. Right. You know, you're, you're, I'm, you know, you're, you're not going to quit, are you?" Right. Like we see this so often in like the accounting position, like yeah. that trusted, you know, not just expert accountant, but like confidant, resource person who knows, you know, mm-hmm. all of the all of the intricacies of how the business runs and how to get things to tick and tie. And a lot of times they've just been coaxed into not retiring. You know, don't retire, don't retire, don't retire. And then when mom or dad exit there and there's no vision, that's like, okay, well, I guess, I guess my time is up and yeah. we can see not immediately, but we can see in the couple of years after mom and dad transition and hand over day-to-day responsibility, you can see kind of this mass exodus Yeah, is that generation that grew up with them, that operational generation, if you will, instead of family generation, they begin to say, you know, you know, I, this, I don't know if there's anything here for me anymore. You know, these yeah. young kids, they got, you know, their own ideas. And really what we're talking about is there are no ideas. There are, yeah. there is no clear direction. And so they, they don't have a reason to stick around. Yeah. Which is another important component of vision. We'll move into kind of the, the scenarios that you might find yourself in, but the, the final component of vision that we'll mention during this episode is that, right. You have all these people who've been with the organization for a long time They've loved serving the business owner, right? They they are loyal to the the previous leadership, but without that next vision, they're like, well, what what's what's worthy of our all of our time and our effort? They're, that vision is prov- would be the thing that provides them something that is worthy of their best effort to continue staying plugged in and engaged to the business. So, kind of shifting here, then let's let let it get into the scenarios that business owners might find themselves in when we're talking about the culture handoff. And I'll just kick us off with the first one, right? Which is there's not really a vision. And the whole idea is, hey, we, we've built something great here. This has provided for the family for a long time. We're excited to hand it off to you. We've put the leadership team in place. We've put, you know, made sure to maintain a consistent skill set in our technicians or our laborers. What? Just don't screw it up. Yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because by the way, like we're handing it off to you. We're not selling it for a big check. Right. Like, so you are our retirement plan. Like we still need the dividends. I'm, I might give you a break on my W-2. Like I'm going to stop taking a salary if I'm not going to be here every day. I'm going to cut it back, but I still got to have these dividends. Yeah. So to your point, like, please, please, please don't screw this up. Yeah. And you know, there's a, a whole lot of things we could say about that. You know, there's, there's kind of cliched phrases, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. Mm-hmm. But like, we know that just that idea of don't screw it up, tread water, maintain the status quo is really a recipe for a slow kind of gradual decline at best. But that slow gradual decline can turn into a massive 
fall off a cliff if there's anything that happens unexpectedly in the market. You know, anybody mm-hmm. who was just trying to maintain the status quo going into February, March, April of 2020 when COVID hit, yeah. like they went from a slow gradual decline to a massive decline and they were not, they weren't part of that group that experienced the quick recovery, you know, maybe had their best year ever in 2021 because they were kind of in that tread water category. So yeah, the don't, don't screw it up. Unfortunately, I think is probably the most prevalent scenario that you run into when mom and dad are handing off a business. And the question would be like, well, are they really handing off a culture at all if there's no vision? And, and maybe they're just handing off that this is a great place to work. These people love coming to work here. It's that feeling. Right. And it's really not something that's able to be handed off very, very well. Well, and we see this, I mean, we see this in all of the businesses that we work with. Let's save a few. I don't want to lump them all together, but right. We almost every time we, we start working with the business owner, we want to have that conversation about vision in the first place. And I would say one of the things that we are really good at is identifying, okay, you don't really have a vision by our standards, by our definition. And that, that being the case, I think the hope is when, when we say, here's the business, here's the culture, don't screw it up. I, I think we're hoping that eventually the gen, second generation will start to understand maybe the, the ambiguous and like the experiences, the shared charisma, the environment, the values that make up the culture and that maybe over time they'll start to get their own idea of what the vision for the organization should be. Right. And so I would say that's the best case scenario is that things don't get screwed up. And then eventually they just go, oh, yeah, I, I understand. Like, here's how I'm supposed to treat people. But you still lack all the things that we say are important that a vision brings to the organization. So, you and know, that, and that may not be a bad, you know, that may not be like a, an incredibly improbable way to think about it. You know, like, right. I, I mean, it, it could be the case that the second generation is chomping at the bit to get their hands on the steering wheel because they do have a vision because they, they do want to accomplish something. But I would say that it may not be incredibly improbable, but you're also, you know, by not helping them define what that could be or what you would like that to be, or what would have your blessing maybe as the first generation, like you're asking them to really walk out on a pretty thin limb at times, unless you've just got an extraordinary individual, you know, that's going to step in and run your company as your second generation. And they're, you know, a masterful entrepreneur, gifted visionary. You know, that's the other thing that, you know, the, the may riff for just a second. The reason that Gen 1 is in the position they're in is probably because they're visionary. Right. Right. That they are they are cut from this cloth that is, you know, the visionary mindset. And you can't, if, if you, if you haven't established a vision, your vision may have, your vision check box probably got checked a long time ago. Right. And you're like, maybe your vision was to just get to, you know, just provide a certain lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. Something better than what you had before. And yeah, you're visionary, but you didn't do a great job of articulating that. But you had the, within your entrepreneurial mindset, you were capable of taking the risks and right. going out on a limb and, and being a good storyteller in terms of getting other people around you to buy into what you're trying to accomplish to open up that second store, or get that certain revenue level is going to provide that 
lifestyle for you. And then once that box got checked, you kind of, you know, eked along and there is no vision that you or I would be able to identify. And you're hoping that this next generation is going to come up with one and they may not have a visionary bone in their body, right? right? Maybe the reason that they are getting handed the reins is because they've been a very competent number two. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're, you know, what, what Wickman would refer to as the implementer or the integrator, you know, you're Charlie Munger and, you know, to your Warren Buffett, you know, and, and it's that dynamic duo that's made this partnership successful after 20 years and you're ready to hand over the reins. No vision. You got somebody who's just somebody who, who gets it done, make sure the trains run on time. And you're hoping that they're going to come up with a vision, not to say that they can't, but they're probably going to need some help. Right. And, and right. hoping that they'll figure it out on their own is probably a really poor strategy. Yeah. And it's not, it's not an insurmountable obstacle to overcome, right? I mean, you, there's, there's books, there's people that you can shameless plug, I guess for us, like there's people that you can hire that can help your, your second generation to establish and develop a vision. I think the danger is when we just, we don't see that ahead of time and say, Hey, you might need some help with this. We don't put that nugget because then we're just hoping that they eventually come up with their own vision or that they, and yeah. And as like, you know, you said shameless plug, but I would say not a shameless plug, like go out and gen one, bring in that help to, you know, maybe yeah. before the transition, which we'll kind of get to those scenarios in a second. But I would say sooner or later, like they're going to have to get the help. Exactly. And the later you and I, the, the businesses that we talk to, unfortunately, a lot of times are going through so much pain and they're kind of desperate and they're reaching out and they've experienced not that slow decline or maybe they experienced a slow decline for quite a while and they're starting to feel hopeless. Like, oh, I can see if I just keep tracking this trend out. Like, mm-hmm. this is my dad's business, my mom's business that they put their blood, sweat and tears into may not exist in 10 years if things keep going this direction. Or they hit one of those market bumps in the road, yeah. economic bumps in the road. They fall off a cliff and all of a sudden, like the business is in peril. All all could have been avoided if mom or dad would have seen the necessity of having a vision to hand off. Yeah. Well, let's jump into the second kind of type of situation where we're talking about culture handoff. You know, the first one, just to summarize is like, there's not really a vision. It's just don't screw it up. But I think these other ones all incorporate some historical vision that has been talked about or established. And so let's jump into the next one, which is really like, Mom and mom and dad or Gen One took the business to the mountain. Be like, hey, we we captured the mountain. We're standing on top of it. What's the next peak? And it, it there was a vision, but now it's there's a lot of uncertainty about what the future of the organization looks like. So let's talk about that for a little bit, just in in the sense that what what dangers are there for for Gen Two that we need to be aware of. So that we don't, again, find ourselves in this place, not, not immediately, but five, 10 years down the road where the business is really suffering. It's, yeah, I think that there's a lot of similarity between this scenario and the previous one where there was no vision in the sense that you can false, you can become susceptible to that slow, gradual decline, but it may come after you, you kind of ride the momentum through the achievement of the past vision to mm-hmm. kind of this peak and then then what? And it's understandable that you would see a lot of businesses transition at this point because mom and dad have been pushing so hard. They've, they've had a vision. The second generation has been a part of accomplishing that vision. They've been pushing and pushing and pushing. And this is what they've had their sights set on for so long. 
And now like it's in hand and it's kind of like mission accomplished, right? And now it's time for us to hand this over. And, you know, not just time, but like we're tired. Like, you know, maybe, maybe we work because the vision was so close at hand. We worked five or six or seven years longer than we had originally anticipated. And there may be some burnout. There may be some like, okay, we just need to get out of here. Like we've, we've given so much and we've been able to reap the financial rewards maybe because there was a vision and there was some intentionality behind the growth. They, maybe they don't necessarily need the amount of dividends out of the business and they can just completely step away. And, and maybe that's exactly what they do. Mission accomplished, check the box, big party, hand off the baton. We're out of here. And maybe there's still some momentum. There's still some good things happening, but eventually that's going to peak if that second generation isn't able to recast a new vision. I think this is a, a little bit more advantageous for that second generation because they have experienced what it's like to pursue a vision. You know, they've, they've had probably some, some idea of what strategic planning and execution looks like to get to this point. Mm-hmm. And mom and dad are probably thinking, well, okay, they've, they've seen how we did this. Now that I'm sure they're completely capable, completely able to just do this again. And what mom and dad might be missing, the thing that they might be underappreciating is how the weight of the day-to-day responsibility from operations, but also from just leadership and, and being the one responsible for the everything, mm-hmm. you know, not just operations, but vision, personnel, culture, all that stuff, weighs, can weigh on that second generation like a ton of bricks out of nowhere because that is a brand new experience for them. There's no safety net of yeah. mom and dad there anymore. And now you're asking them to bear up under the weight of this brand new set of responsibilities and expectations and cast a vision at the same time. And it's probably not a, you know, definitely not the best recipe for success. And it's one that, you know, a lot of kids can second generation, I say kids, but they're kids in their like forties, 45, 50, and they can start to second guess, is this really what I wanted to do? You know, going back right. to that idea of, right. you know, I've been a great number two, but am I really cut out to be number number one? And not a situation you really want to hand off, even if you can afford to do it because you've checked the box for vision and and that has come with some financial, you know, freedom that you don't necessarily have to depend on anymore. Right. Let's jump into the third one, a third kind of scenario that we we are going to talk about today. And this one I think is probably like the hardest in, in terms of like most uncertain about what the future of the organization looks like, specifically in terms of culture, right? Still not terrible though, because we're talking about there, there is a vision. So let me just say it. The scenario where mom and dad did set a vision, right? And there, there is an attempt to hand off the culture, but Gen 2 just does not want to buy in, right? They, they're like, yeah, great, mom and dad. That was that would have been fun for you, but the world's changing and there's so much innovation happening. Like I, I if I pursue that, it's not going to be successful. And and there you start to have this tension where we still have to hand off the culture. And we we've talked about handing off the business in the previous episode with the whole baton. But there's a sense where mom and dad are like, I'm not ready to let go of the baton regarding culture. Because I don't necessarily agree with or see clearly where Gen 2 wants to take the business. And, you know, I I can think of just one scenario where we have this, we've had this happen with a client where Gen 1 had a vision, created a very 
strong company in our community, very recognizable. And Gen 2 didn't necessarily, they weren't opposed to the previous vision. They didn't have the clarity of the second vision. And then you end up with this weird scenario where mom and dad are still engaged in the business. They're still kind of the primary individuals that people look to, to, to set, if you will, like the cornerstone, they're the cornerstones of the culture. And you have scenarios where, okay, now people are looking at two sets of leadership and they're looking at mom and dad or, or gen one as the primary individuals who we can look back to and go, okay, well, we're just going to go to them and, and get direction from them. Right. So you end up with the scenario where two, two separate visions can start to be competing for one another. Mm. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of things that can happen like passive aggressive behavior from gen two, you know, because they really aren't bought into it. And just like, so like one example might be if you have a traditional B2C business where you're dealing with a lot of end user customers and, and the second generation looks at the commercial side of the business, the B2B side of the business, and that's a lot sexier and they like that a lot better. And they're like, that's the direction I want to take it. But mom and dad have set their sights on being, you know, the the best player or the a certain volume player in the B2C space. And yeah, we're always always going to be, you know, some element of B2B, but it's not what we're really going to build this right. company around. And if that's the case, mom and dad can be like, well, we really want to exit and we really believe you know, with our years of experience and understanding what the market is and sexy is sexy, but we can't get, you know, we can't get drawn in to the sexy side of this. We feel like we have a much better understanding of where the opportunity lies and where we should be heading. And they kind of want to hand the keys over, but like, well, what's going to happen if, if I do, and they don't continue to pursue this. And then there can also be, you know, situations where, the second generation maybe isn't as vocal about their desire to take the company in a direction until after the formal transition has happened. Right. And they decided, you know, now that mom and dad have finally given me free reign to pivot and go a different direction. And now you're talking about a whole set of kind of relational consequences where mom right. and dad feel betrayed that, you know, this is something we should have talked about before. And, you know, this could be a situation too, where mom and dad's financial livelihood or, you know, or lifestyle does depend on the business continuing to perform well. And now that's in jeopardy right. or perceived to be in jeopardy because of these decisions the second generation is making. And there's a whole host of, you know, like family dysfunction <laughs> issues that, you know, like real problems that can result. And the thing that business owners really need to appreciate in family businesses is the effect that that kind of disconnect or that kind of animosity can have throughout the organization. We've seen people leave family-run businesses because of some of the dysfunction. And this is an area that can create an incredible amount of dysfunction if mom and dad feel like, you know, they, they were kind of led astray, you know, or led to believe that second gen was going to continue on toward this thing that, you know, and they are like, this vision that they've set, you know, yeah. to see, to be this, the best player in this B2C space, like they may be 10 years into a 20 year trek with that. And mm -hmm. they see not only are you putting our financial, you know, lifestyle in jeopardy, but you're just throwing away 10 years of blood, sweat, and tears that we've poured into getting to this point and you're just ready to, to throw it away. So like I, there's no real way to hedge against this other than a lot of transparency, yeah. you know, you know, yeah. just, 
And I would say, we, we have this saying when it comes to sales that we picked up from a book called Let's Get Real and Let's Not Play, like slow down for yellow lights. You know? yep. So it's the idea that when you're, when you're going into a sales situation or any kind of partnership and you get these little, these little checks, you know, these little indications that things might not be going, there might not be total agreement. Yep. And those are yellow lights, right? But what do we do on the road when we see a yellow light? You know, we don't slow down. Oh, I, I don't slow down. I know you don't slow <laughs> down. Speed up, <laughs> you yeah. speed up. And that is also our tendency in these situations, which is, uh, I'm not sure there's complete agreement here, but and rather than risk a really difficult, uncomfortable conversation, we're just going to kind of skate past it. And this is one of those areas where I'd say, if there's any yellow lights at all, hit the brakes, yeah. slow down have a very intentional conversation about whether the second generation really is bought in to your vision, because it would probably be better for you if you're not going to be around for the next 20 years to acquiesce and to say, okay, I'm willing to change the vision, yep. but we have to do it together because I do have 40 or 50 years of experience and I'm okay being the one who's going to acquiesce. You know, it's going to be your show to run and I'm not going to be here to, to, to do anything with it here in a few years. But my financial security is tied to this business. Yeah. And I feel like I do have some good counsel to offer. So let's reset the vision, but let's be completely honest and frank with one another about the things that we're deciding to do are also the things you're going to continue to pursue that yeah. we feel like has some legs that, you, that you'll be comfortable going after for the next 10 or 15 years and won't jeopardize everything. Yeah. I'm really glad you said that. Cause I was already thinking, you know, we we've talked about a lot and the business owners who are listening to this, right. If they haven't been at all, now they, they officially have maybe some yellow flags that are being raised. And I was just going to say, if you're in that position right now, whether it's the first scenario we talked about where there isn't, there's never really been a vision for the business and it's just don't screw it up or there was a vision that's accomplished. We don't really know what the future holds yet because there's no second vision from the second generation or the last one we just talked about where you might have a little bit of uncertainty as the current generation, you know, current owner about what direction your second gen really wants to take the business. All of these are the yellow lights that Joey's talking about. And it, the, the thing that you need to do is the last scenario that we want to talk about, which is the handoff happens in, in the middle of a, the pursuit of the vision. And so that is what Joey just talked about. You sit down together, you say, hey, I just want to make sure that we're 100% clear about what the business is going to look like in 10, 15, or 20 years. And there's alignment in that. And so that the handoff happens right in the middle of the pursuit of that vision. And I would even say if, if you're seven years into, let's say a 10 year vision, right? We say 10 years, we want to be X number of dollars. It's okay to say at that point, if you're not crazy about an, a quantity, we, we have temp templates. If you're not crazy about a quantitative template vision and you're not crazy and you're not excited as the second generation about hitting, let's say $10 million in revenue in the next three years. Okay. Let's stop. Let's reset the vision and re rephrase it to paint a clear picture of the business that you're excited about, that other people can get on board with and get excited about. And let that handoff happen in the middle instead of all the other scenarios we talked about. Yeah. And that's when you talk about, especially when you talk about financial security in a situation where mom and dad need this business to continue to produce profits that can pay out dividends to support them. There's a, 
we talked briefly earlier about operational Gen 1, yeah. like that those old timers that kind of built the business with mom and dad. And then you have an operational Gen 2 that has begun to be added to the team over the years. And, you know, and you'll have people that of all ages in a business of any size, but they can roughly be divided into like the veterans and right. those who are the newcomers. And you want this handoff, the ideal situation that you described, where we're right in the middle of pursuing a shared vision that Gen 1 and Gen 2 are both totally bought into. We want that handoff to be this thing that allows Gen 1 to remain engaged, operational Gen 1, right. to remain engaged through the transition, no hiccups during the transition because Gen 2 ownership is going to need those veterans to come alongside them and right. you know maybe smooth over some things with longtime customers because they're not getting treated. You know They don't have a direct line exactly. to dad the way they used to. And you're also going to need operational Gen 2 to see okay, like there is a future, there is opportunity. This business is going to go for another 20 or 30 years. I can continue to pursue my career here mm -hmm. in a time when careers are not much thought of anymore. It's just, you know, what's the next opportunity for me? And vision is that thing that allows people to see opportunity in a business so that a job can turn into a career. And the best of most worlds is where Gen 1 and Gen 2 who are owners are feeding into one another and making sure that transition successful and operational gen one and operational gen two feel just as much a part of what's happening in the transition and the vision being, you know, that, that handoff. And you can go back to episode 112 where we talk a lot about the handoff mom and our mom and dad able to let go of the business. And right. there's a whole uh, analogy. We overwork there about <laughs> handing off a baton in a race, but that's the ideal. And it can be, that handoff can be something that really speeds up momentum. It can be a big competitive advantage if it's done well. Yeah, let's let's wrap this up too with like one a com another component of that best case scenario where Gen Two has to be leadership ready. And I know I know one of the things we talk about a lot in in our meetings and our with our clients as we're coaching them. Maybe they're running up into scenarios, just really acute scenarios where they're having troubles with an employee and maybe it's their leadership that's being questioned, right? If you have this, this important component of, of the best case scenario in terms of handing off the vision in the midst or, or, or you know, the handoff happens, happens in the pursuit of a shared vision between Gen 1 and Gen 2, I, I, Gen 2 has to be in a place where they're perceived as the leader, right? So in, in order for that to continue to work, that, that model scenario to work, Gen 1 has to let go of the business, hand off the culture and gen two has to be ready to receive the baton from the perspective of leadership, that they are the individuals that everyone in the organization looks to as the cultural head, if you will. And that's an important key to that, that scenario working out well, because it's, it requires a lot of, like, I'll just say a dance where you're going to have people from gen one operational gen one who are tempted to go to mom and dad and say, yo, but you don't understand. Like Gen 2 is, they don't see this. They, they're millennials. They don't understand, right? <laughs> and it's okay. I'm we had to work in one millennial reference. I'm a millennial. I can say that, right? But it, it requires mom and dad to say, no, no, no. Like we agree. We're united as a leadership team in, in pursuit of this. And then it also means Gen 2 
has to be ready to be perceived as a leader. So they're going to have to do the things that are position them as a leader, which I'll just say one of them is the most important thing, the one-on-ones, right? So spending time with operational Gen 1, spending time with maybe Gen 1 leadership team and taking them to lunch, asking them how they're doing, asking them, hey, what are, what are the things that issues that have existed for a long time so that Gen 2 can start to be perceived as the cultural leader? I think people have very finely tuned antenna when it comes to who's perceived as the leader. And people want to follow the person who knows where they're going. Right? And that's, that is directly related to vision. If mom and dad are still perceived as the only ones who really know where we're going, and this is what we, we see a lot in situations where there is no vision, right? There's no vision. So it was like, well, who knows where we're going? Probably the people who've gotten us here so far, right? right? So that's where Gen 2 gets really frustrated because people keep going around them. To your point, they're not perceived as the leader. Right. But if you can get a situation where that handoff occurs and Gen 2 is is, you know, unequivocally perceived as understanding where we're going and is probably the person in the moment to decide how we're going to get there, then people will, like those antenna will naturally drift to that person and be like, oh, that's who I should go to because they know where we're going. It also gives mom and dad a great opportunity to transition that role and be like, well, I, I mean, I know the direction we're going, but if you want the real crystal clear vision, you need to go talk to my daughter. She, you know, she's the one who's running the show right now. Yeah. And people will respect that. And they'll start to seek out the second generation of ownership out of personal self-interest and like team well-being. Yeah. Like the best of it, because it'll be like, well, what's in it for me? Like the most opportunity is out there for me in the terms of where we're going. That person knows where we're going. I'm going to go spend time with that person. At the same time, they start to recognize, well, it's really better to have one clear leader rather than this divided house of an older generation who still goes to the mom and dad and a younger generation who likes the, the ideas of the millennial better. And that's not a situation we really want to perpetuate. So just to wrap up, you know, we've, we've talked about a lot of different scenarios today. If you find yourself in any of these scenarios, we hope that you you kind of find your a new North Star or a good direction in, in realizing whatever the scenario you're in, whether there's no vision and you're kind of just hoping that Gen 2 doesn't screw it up, or maybe you've had vision accomplished and there's not a real clear future. The whole, the point is, let talk, like talk with your leadership team, talk with Gen 1, Gen 2, start those conversations saying, okay, where, where is next? What is our vision? What is our vision? We appreciate your time. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you guys again soon.